We're going to, uh, as we've launched uh, last uh, Sunday evening, the idea of going through the book of Acts, we're going to look at that. I have a, um, as soon as we get that up, I have a prayer. It's called Root, Being Rooted in God's Kingdom Purpose. We're returning to our roots in the book of Acts, and this is a series we're going to take on for a while. Uh, go ahead and put up the next slide, if you would, and uh, prayerfully and thoughtfully, not big rush, but just let's go ahead and pray this together, okay? Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, we desire to know you and to experience your love and power just as in the ministry of Jesus and in the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Thank you for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in these last days. We set our hearts to seek you, to be rooted and grounded in your incomprehensible love, and to surrender ourselves to your will and purpose for our lives. May your kingdom come and your will be done. Amen. Uh, I just want to touch on this person, uh, Luke, for a minute. What's the next slide? Yeah, there's who is Luke. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. This is the opening. In so much as many have... Now, by the way, I'm going to start with the book of Luke, the opening of the book of Luke. So the opening of the book of Acts makes a little bit more uh, cohesiveness. Insomuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So Luke's motive in writing the Gospel of Luke and in writing the book of Acts, as we'll see in a minute, is to this fellow, Theophilus, that he would be uh, totally certain of what Jesus has come to do. Theophilus is a name. Theo means God. Phyllis means love. So his, his name means lover of God. Isn't that cool? And uh, he has uh, maybe had some uh, a prominent position so Luke is, is the only Gentile, uh, non-Jew, to have written the books of the Bible. He is the writer of the third gospel and the Acts of the Apostles, and his writings have been proven to be historically accurate. In his gospel, Luke emphasizes Christ's compassion for sinners and for those who suffer. Everybody say, Luke's a doctor. He has an insightful approach. The Gospel of Luke focuses on the poor and oppressed, encouraging tenderness and compassion for the less fortunate. The Gospel of Luke stresses the importance of evangelizing to the Gentiles. He's the only one that really starts opening up about that. In the Gospel of Luke, we hear Jesus praising the faith of Gentiles, such as the widow of Zarephath and Naaman the Syrian and we hear the story of the one grateful leper who is a Samaritan. So that's in Luke's gospel. Luke is very sensitive because he's not Jewish. He's a Gentile. A Gentile is uh, you and me. We're not Jewish. Anybody not Jewish <laughs> is a Gentile. Unlike the Jewish writings, women in the gospel of Luke, they have an important place. So Luke writes about women who accompanied Jesus. And all you ladies out there say, yay, Luke. 
such as Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Susanna, Martha, Mary, and many other women that used their resources to help Jesus and his disciples. So now we're going to look at the opening of Acts, the first three verses. In the first book, next one, in the former book, the first book, O Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Now I'm going to jump down to just some other lessons here quickly. So Luke is a researcher, compiles the history and spiritual impact of the kingdom of God. Luke serves others. This is a beautiful thing about you and me. We can take on this attitude. We serve others with the testimony, with the story of the Holy Spirit's power being released in ordinary people. This is very important. Luke, seeing through the lens of a doctor, notes personal details, the Lord's care for people. And then, of course, Luke's knowledge as a physician serves Paul in two ways. Isn't this precious that he tends to Paul's wounds as a, as a doctor? But also, in discussing the anatomy of the body, we have the concepts that not everyone is an eye, not everyone is an ear, that I believe those conversations were with Luke, that they, Luke had a, a profound... Uh, and Luke was uh, a doctor who was probably, some think he might have been an indentured servant or a slave. And then they, what they, a lot of the, back then the families, it's not certain, but the families would um, want to, someone to go through medical training so they could take care of their households. And then uh, after a while of service, then they're set free from that. And then uh, he had a profound sense of a calling from the Lord. And uh, Luke remained with Paul to the end of his life. And that's something. During his imprisonment and sufferings, in Second Timothy 4.11, it says, Only Luke is with me. That was a buddy of buddies. So uh, we're going to touch on him along the way. There are moments when... Uh, well, I'll get to this. So anyway, in verse 8, let's see, what, what's next? Up there? Okay, just... I won't get, I'll get there in a second. After staying with them, uh, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Would you say the words, promise of the Father? promise of the Father. So what you heard, John baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And when they'd come together, they asked uh, the Lord, asked the Lord, they said, uh, when are you going to restore the kingdom uh, to Israel? And he said, it's not to know the times or seasons that the Father's fixed. But now let's put that verse up right here. But here's what he says, but you will receive power. So he says, we're not going to talk about when he comes and takes care of the Romans. That's not what this is about. But you're going to receive power. Now the disciples, the apostles, that already had some impartation being in the ministry of Jesus. They knew about casting out demons. They knew about uh, healing the sick. They were rejoiced when they came back, jumping up and down. I want to go ahead and just say on a very highly personal note, I got saved when I was 17 years old. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit within the next year. But for 16 more years, 
I remained broken and bound. I have a passion that's off the charts when it comes to people who know the Lord but are bound. That know the Lord and are broken. And I am given to the Lord in that regard. The Lord has anointed me psalmically to bring healing to hearts. I'm writing a book now, working on this. It's what God's saying. Do this. The real conviction is that the harvest is so ripe. My theology was that you had to get saved first before God would heal you. Uh Uh-uh. Now, that's not how Jesus did it. You just released the anointing to heal and set free, and then they go, Jesus is alive. Jesus is real. That's, I believe, what we're going to be stepping into much more in these days. When you say the glory of God coming, I believe he's just going to shatter shackles, breakthroughs, changes, deep eruption of hell's bondage, breaking through. That's what I want for people. Because I walked around years after years. Jerry, the first time you walked in here, something happened, didn't it? Because Jesus loves you. It is not having anything to do with me. All I want to do is be a carrier of this love that he has for people. This deep love that he has for people. It's profound, the love that Jesus has. He was moved with compassion when he saw the multitudes who were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's what this is all about. We want to be like Jesus. So he says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit's going to be the one giving the power. The Holy Spirit, it's not, you don't have the power, I don't have the power, God has the power. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of this power may be of God and not of us. It's not about us, we're hosts. And what we are is people who humble our hearts, go through fires and trials and testing. God wants a pure person who's not into it for themselves, who can literally carry what people need. And that's what we begin to see, these sold-out people in, this, in, the, in this, the book of Acts, totally sold out, carrying what people need of what Jesus can do for them. And it says, uh, you will receive power. Everybody say, God's love is his power. How about say this, God's power is his love. They're melded together. This, this is how God works. Uh, so when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Next slide. Do not go anywhere, he says, or do anything until you receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then, and only then, after the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you, You'll be empowered to be my witnesses, and you'll be my witnesses, witness of me in Jerusalem. Everybody say Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And so Luke follows this outline. Next slide. So there's first Jerusalem. So the chapters fall like this. Jerusalem, uh, that, this is how he lays the outline in the front of the book. He says the power of God's going to come, and then we're going to go from this place to this place to this place. Let me go ahead and say, persecution rose up and they had to get out of Jerusalem. (laughs) Sometimes God uses stuff to goad you along. So they had the ascension of Jesus, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the growth of the church, death of Stephen, death of, uh, uh, I think I, no, that was not, that's not till the next part, sorry. Death of James and Herod, that's wrong. Go ahead, next slide. Then they go to Judea and Samaria. There's the ministry of Philip, the conversion of Paul to Saul, the conversion of Gentiles, 
Then there's the death of James and Herod. And then the lastly, uh, to the end of the earth. And this is uh, first missionary journey and the Jerusalem Council. And then second missionary journey, third missionary journey, and journey to Rome. Next slide. And so we see Peter is the key person in Acts 1 through 12. And that uh, Peter's primary calling is to the Jews. And Paul is the key person from Acts 13 to 28. And Paul's primary calling is to the Gentiles. Thus, Luke. Because he's a Gentile. Okay. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. So which is it? Go ahead. Which is it? Which is it? Is the book, is it, is the book of Acts the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Spirit? What's going on here? Next slide. Are you ready? It is ordinary people. Let's go ahead and put your hand over your heart. Say, thank you, Jesus. There's hope for me. <laughs> There's hope for me. Ordinary people. Called of God. Filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit with wisdom and understanding and anointed with the Holy Spirit to accomplish miracles, casting out demons and healing the sick. This is who they are, regular, ordinary guys. Jesus picked, matter of fact, we'll see later, I think chapter three or something says, they saw that they were ignorant or uneducated, unlearned men but they realized they'd been with Jesus. It wasn't about a seminary degree. It was about a relationship. So Jesus foretold. Now look, Jesus foretold of the coming. I don't know what happened to the slides here, but Jesus foretold of this. John seven thirty-seven through 39. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Remember that part? He shows up at the pre- the, the, there and he says, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. How many of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Got rivers flowing up out of you. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So now the book of Acts is all about this impartation, this empowering, this work of the Holy Spirit coming. Luke 24, no, Luke, uh, excuse me, John 16, 13, Jesus had said, when the spirit of the truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So here's his role. Everybody, how many of you need a little help from the Holy Spirit? Has anybody here ever had the Holy Spirit tell you, like we were talking about before, where he tells you to do something and you go, man, I'm not certain about that. It stretches you a little bit. Then you go do it, and God shows up. I remember sitting uh, right here on the corner when they had that, the, um, the shakes that you could drink. I was sitting there at the uh, counter chatting with this guy who was an Afghan. He'd been on two tours, uh, Afghanistan. He's a, a soldier or something. And we're sitting there chatting, and the Holy Spirit, God, Father God starts whispering to my heart about his situation. And uh, so I'm sitting there, like, you know, Hmm. You know, you have those, I don't really know this guy. Can I go this deep? Right? But it's the Holy Spirit, and God cares, and God loves people, right? And so I've realized it's not about me having a word. It's about Father God having somebody on his heart with information that he wants to share with them, and you're available. Does that make sense? In other words, you're the telegram guy. Telegram, it's not for me, right? So you show up. So anyway... Uh, the Lord put on my heart. I said, you know what, Father God, really, you know, he found out. I, I talk enough to realize that they, I, I know Jesus. Maybe sometimes I say I'm a pastor or whatever. But I said to him, I said, you know, 
I uh, think God really loves you a lot because he's talking to me about you. That kind of gets the door open, doesn't it? He said, well, what's he saying? He said, well, uh, you're really concerned about who you're going to marry when you come back from Afghanistan. And now I had his attention. Wouldn't that get your attention? And he said, I said, well, I said, uh, I feel like he's saying that he doesn't want you to get in trouble uh, not being focused or being distracted. He wants you to go and make sure that you focus on what you're doing over there. And he wanted me to let you know that when you get back, that he's got all that figured out. And he's got your steps ordered. And you're going to meet someone and the Lord's going to actually let you know when you've met the person. And it's not going to be hard for you because he's going to order your steps and make that happen for you. I'm telling you, peace came over this guy. The peace of God came over this fellow. It was like, and I don't even, I didn't, it didn't matter if you knew the Lord or not. In other words, God loves you. And he's thinking about the things that are on your heart. And I could sit there and not do that or step out and do that. Now, that's the Holy Spirit loving people. That's Father God caring about people. So when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whoever he hears, whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are come. And then, of course, Luke uh, 24, 49, and behold, I'm sending the, and there's that word again, the promise of my father. I think that's the cherished, those are the most precious words. Jesus going, guys, you function under the anointing that I've de declared to you and you've been under my mantle, but now... The promise of the Father. Isn't that sweet? Everybody say that. Promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. That you, Jesus emptied himself of everything that had to do with walking as God on the earth. Except for the fact that he was sinless and he had to literally fight to stay sinless. Because he shed his blood to keep from sinning. He, he went all the way through. Now he could have sinned, but he didn't. Everybody say, praise the Lord. He didn't sin. So he could be the sacrifice for you and me. So he emptied himself, but what did he do? He walked with the authority of the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. And he, would, he says, I don't even speak except the Father tells me what to say. I don't even do. So he was led. And he's saying he's modeling for you and me how to be what he is on the earth. And he says, now I'm going to leave and the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit's going to come and you'll be empowered and you'll be able to do the things that I did and even greater things. Hello. So uh, lastly here, this last little verse, uh, uh, Luke. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father, but stay in the city until you are, I love these words, clothed with power from on high. I was, um, I was in a mountain lake, stone, mountain, stone Mountain Lake, whatever, someplace down in uh, Virginia. We were having a men's conference, Stone Mountain. We were having a men's conference there, and there was a fella came up to me. He was a college uh, pastor, and he, had, uh, and he walked up. He had this curious question. He said, he was standing, I had like a couple of CDs on a table there, and he walks up to me, and he says, uh, how come, um, I got a question for you. I said, sure. He says, how come the anointing, I see, I don't know which way he said it first, then he apparently had the CDs at home. He said, how come the anointing that's on the CDs, or how come the same anointing that's on you when you're, you're worshiping live is on the CDs? 
Interesting. But then this is what I said. I said, Lord, what does he really want to know? I've received a point of understanding from the Lord. I said, you're college ministry, right? I said, yeah. I said, you know, when you seek the Lord for what you're going to speak to the students, he gives you that, right? He says, yeah. And then you stand up in front of him and you sense the partnership with the Holy Spirit coming upon you to help you say it. Is that right? He says, yes, exactly. And this was the point of understanding. The Lord wanted him to have. I said, okay, now here's the thing. If you will obey Jesus in your private world when nobody else is looking, if you'll be obedient to the Lord in your private world, then that anointing that comes upon you will settle on down on the inside of you. And you'll carry it. Is that good? I said, I didn't pray any extra for the anointing to go on the CD. It just ended up on there. Somebody praise the Lord with me. You are a precious carrier of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's who you are. Now, Ephesians... um, 1, 13 through 14, in him also, and I'm almost done here, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, this is Paul talking, gospel, the gospel of your salvation, believed in him, this is believing in Jesus, what happens, he says, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance, and this is beautiful. This is so important to me because the guarantee of our inheritance is that God has put a deposit inside of you. I was thinking deeply about this today. This morning, I was realizing, you know, it's the presence of the Lord. The thing that you love it causes you to really feel motivated is when you are in his presence. And the target of the adversary is to try to get you out of his presence and put you in a desert mentality. And that's why some people have been wandering around in a desert place and they'll come in here and suddenly an oasis is available. That's a, and we're, we're worshipers. We, we want to drink deeply from the Spirit of the Lord. This deposit. There's just moments. I've had moments, glorious moments in the presence of the Lord that have been very transforming for me. It's like the high water mark of God's glory the, the, has, has etched inside of me in ways that I, 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 can, I could never even imagine leaving the Lord. It just doesn't, it doesn't compute. I just want, if, if I'm in a trial, I just want more of Jesus. Are you there? I want, I want him. Okay, now here's a, the, my last little thing here. 2 Corinthians 3, 4, 13, 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, everybody say, fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to watch people in the book of Acts fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Be with you all. The next slide says, all the, this is my rewriting the verse we just read. All the freedom empowering resources, the grace given to us in Jesus Christ and the love of God. All the limitless availability 
to the fathomless and unconditional love of Father God, the fellowship with it, and the daily intercommunication given in and through the Holy Spirit be with us all. We want the fullness, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the heart of the Father, the fullness of all the rich resources that Jesus has given us, which we're going to get into just in a minute. So again, last, uh, second to last slide, it's ordinary people called, filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Next slide. And we're going to look at this in a few weeks from now. How, in Acts 5, how many signs and wonders were regularly done of among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women, so that they even carried out the sick to, into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. This is an ordinary person given over to the Lord and God says, how many of you know that it wasn't the shadow, it was coming in faith? This is if I could just touch the hem of his garment. It was this, if I could just be near these guys and they would release the release. Let's go ahead and uh, begin our communion time. Uh, let's have uh, our, let's all serve first the, uh, the bread and then we will step into and, and have a decreeing time about what we want to receive for the year. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord for a minute. Hallelujah. We thank you and praise you, Lord. We want to be close to you. We want to be close to you. More than ever before, we want to know you, Lord. They're going to just go ahead and begin passing it out. We want to be near you. We want to hear you. More than ever before, we want to know you, Lord. Okay, I'm having a sense in the Lord. Okay. There were seven different ones. There were seven different people in the book of Acts when the apostles were dealing with the word and prayer and fasting and stuff and they were seeking the Lord. There was a need that came up and they stepped in, they got these guys to step into serving. They were waiting on the tables of the Hellenistic Jews, Jews that came of a, a, a Greek background. And there was a daily distribution of food going on at the time. And they got some guys to help do that. Here's the point. There were people that they picked who were wise and full of the Holy Spirit to do a basic service for the body of Christ. I was thinking, just talking a minute, uh, in my spirit a minute ago, this got quickened because we're talking about being filled with, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do things beyond your own capacity. Let me just tell you, I think I live for that. Because I know I can't help anybody, but Jesus can. I know that Jesus can. I don't really love people. I remember, I don't love the, I mean, it sounds like you, you don't love people. Well, not the way Jesus can through me. I remember we went down to minister to the kids, to the kids, to the young adult ministry over the, this region. And I said, honey, I don't even, how am I going to love these people? I don't even know them. But Jesus knows every single one of their hearts. 
And so I submit my heart to His heart. And I say, may your love flow through me. And an anointing came and touches people. Let's all hold this up. This body that's expressed here, that we're going to partake of, loves people. This piece of cracker symbolizes Jesus sacrificially loving us. In all of our brokenness, in all of our bondage, in our greatest need, in all of our sickness, Jesus anoints, doesn't he, Shelley? He anoints you in the hospital room, doesn't he, Mike? Jesus did that because your wife submitted to the Holy Spirit's power and cast that thing out of you and you got up out of that bed and you were different. And a miracle because this woman said, I'm going to walk with Jesus Christ like an ordinary person full of the Holy Spirit. And we rejoice that Mike stepped into a place of healing because of the Holy Spirit. There's other things in all of our lives that the Lord wants to do. We're going to receive his power right now. Amen. This, as, as uh, we were led by Todd just a minute ago uh, at the first of the service, that specific area that you need completely defeated, we're going to just declare that and take it. Ready? Say, in Jesus' name, it's defeated now. Let's partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. One of the most precious truths that the Lord stirred up in my heart is the distance Jesus is willing to go for us. For we have not suffered unto bloodshed in our resisting sin. But Jesus suffered bloodshed. And I got to thinking, how far did he go? You've heard me say this before, but there was a demoniac. There was a fellow that was demonized. And when the, Jesus asked the name of the demon, it said, Legion, for we are many. And according to the circumstances, that could be between 4,500 and 6,000 demons. That's a lot of demons in one guy. That's a lot of demons. And instead of Jesus commanding them all to come out, he realized they would probably raise such a ruckus, it would be so hard on the guy, he did a little negotiating. He said, yeah, you can go in the pigs. It was... It was not a kosher area. I mean, it was a kosher area. It says, get the pig, you know. So so they all went and got the pigs, ran down the hill and drowned. And this guy's left there. Now, one of the things it tells us about the guy was that he cut himself. The demons hated him and he would cut himself. And I was meditating on that. I said, how come you can enter into this level? And suddenly the Holy Spirit showed me. Jesus went to the whipping post and he entered into the same level of pain of being cut. So there is no pain that you can have that Jesus can't go down to that level and bear that burden with you. It doesn't exist. When Jesus carried our griefs and sorrows, it's every single one of them. Every single one of them. His blood was shed 
to release us from all captivity to every hurt. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then he gives you power to forgive the way that you've been forgiven. That's the, that's the big thing. He gives you the power to forgive completely the way you have been forgiven. This is empowering us. And the gospel of the kingdom is this. God has not come to condemn you. Your sins are condemning you. He's coming to forgive you and release you from all your wounds and hurts. Let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just praise him with me just for a moment? Praise you, Lord. Go ahead and put the cups in the the basket there. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. A couple of quick little things here. As we move into this season of partnering with the Holy Spirit, as in the book of Acts, watching what they did and doing those things, how many are with me that you want to see God touch people in the same dynamic way as he did in the book how many of you would be available to say I consecrate my life that those miracles the dimension of the Holy Spirit's power would flow through my life too then let's go ahead and say I choose humility purify my heart oh God I want to be what you want me to be in these last days a host for the glory of God that transforms people around Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Love on each other. You're dismissed. Praise the Lord.